Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and I don't know if I've told you this, Casey. There are some really awful corrupt laws in the state of Indiana. Have I ever told you that? <laughs> no. I've never heard that <laughs> well, before. Let That's me indulge, really weird. Let me indulge you in a story about, well, everything. But of all the organizations or areas in which you look at laws and go, Wow, they're really doing that. Our alcohol laws mm. in the state of Indiana yeah. are some of the absolute worst. The liquor lobby in the state of Indiana, probably the most, maybe the most powerful lobby in, in all of Indiana government. And they are at it again with a ridiculous proposal involving buying cold beer. And here with us to sort it out, she had an excellent uh, editorial on this over at Indiana Capital Chronicle. Our good friend Nikki Kelly joining us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. Nikki, what are these lawmakers up to now? Now and regarding alcohol laws. Well, this has to do with selling cold alcohol. Right now, Indiana is the only state that that regulates the sale of alcohol based on temperature. Hmm. And we right now, as you know, the only place that can sell cold beer is a liquor store. Yes. It says it very explicitly in the law. Yes. But you know what it doesn't say in the law? What? It doesn't say who can sell cold liquor right so all of a sudden you've seen in recent years the the growth of these sort of pre-mixed beverage cocktails like Mm -hmm. margaritas or vodka and seltzer or ciders and so the grocery stores and drug stores and convenience stores you know it doesn't say in the law they can't sell it cold it doesn't say they can either so they put them in coolers yeah and i know i've been able to buy that at Kroger for several years like that. And all of a sudden this year, the liquor stores have said, whoa, 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 they're infringing on our God-given right to sell cold alcohol. <laughs> now, now, you, you, Nikki Kelly, had an editorial on this, and you are usually yeah. uh, very mild-mannered, you're very down the middle, <laughs> you're very fair. It was a good to see this side of you, because you ripped these guys a new one. Uh, tell us about the editorial, because I, I want to see the side of you more often. Hey, don't mess with my cold alcohol. <laughs> no. I mean, the point is just that consumers get ignored in the, all this. And the whole cold beer thing is the dumbest rule. And we, and now they're going to double down on it. You know, they're going to say they're going to take away a choice that has been there, an option that consumers have had for several years now. It, nothing in the law said that these entities couldn't do it. And they're going to instead say that you can only buy cold liquor of any kind. Although wine, wine you can buy anywhere cold. See? Um, So it just, yeah, it gets my hackles up. Uh, I love that phrase. We're going to steal that. It gets my hackles up. I hope that's all right. We'll give you full full credit for that. Nikki, I'm curious. In the article, you mentioned that you walked into your local store and there was a case full of cold lime margaritas. What exactly were you shopping for? (laughs) I, you know what? I was just doing my basic grocery shopping. Uh-huh. Um, We're all friends here. I, you can tell us. I also wanted that picture because I knew I was going to write that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Nikki, qu- yeah, qu- question yeah. for you. Why does the liquor lobby remain so powerful? I mean, for years and years and years, they have had essentially a stranglehold on the Indiana General Assembly. Why is that? 
Well, I do think part of it is that a lot of liquor stores are what you would more consider mom and pops or real Hoosier based companies, you know, instead of like big box Walmart, Kroger, that kind of thing that are national chains. So I do think lawmakers feel a kinship toward these more homegrown Indiana entities who support local sports teams and and things like that. Uh, Nikki Kelly, our guest, she has a fabulous new piece out in the Indiana Capitol Chronicle about the plan to ban anybody other than liquor stores from selling uh, cold alcohol, liquor, I guess you would call it. What is their explanation for this? I mean, uh, we obviously know it's to benefit a select group of people, but do the lawmakers come out and go, well, we think this is important because fill in the blank? Yeah, when they when they inserted this in a bill, and again, there was not a public hearing on it because no one knew it was, you know, an amendment. Um, so when they inserted it, there was at least one lawmaker, Representative Lehman, who's mm-hmm. pretty powerful in the Indiana House, mentioned drunk driving and how he sees it as like if a convenience store sells a cold beer or a cold whatever, that you're going to immediately get in your car and drink it. <laughs> but um, but I guess it doesn't count if you go pick up the cold beer at the liquor store. Well, this is my point. It's, it's absurd, and these guys will just go to the ends of the earth to justify just totally ridiculous behavior. I mean, yeah, I'm not following the drunk driving part of that. I came from Ohio where where you could literally drive through yeah, a store and beer warehouse drive through sure yes um so i i think nowadays if you picking it up cold doesn't mean you're getting in your car and drink yet regardless of where you buy it i think it means you didn't plan correctly and you need a cold drink at home when you're going home to make your dinner do you think that they will file a solo bill just to address this individually Well, there was a solo bill filed this year by Ethan Manning. Now, mind you, he's the chair of the House Uh, Public Policy. uh, He could have heard his own bill. (laughs) He did not. Well, now, 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 Nikki, correct me if I'm wrong. Ethan Manning is the intellectual mega giant who who the other year, in response to Rainwater doing so well, tried to pass the bill that would have forced the libertarians to get all the signatures to get on the ballot. That's the same guy, right? I believe so. I'd yeah. have to double it, check my... Yeah, it was a rhetorical yeah. question. It is. And this is the point, Nikki. <laughs> this is what these lawmakers do with our time. They waste the stuff. And then, as you pointed out, they don't even hear their own bill. <laughs> yeah, so they put it in a different bill that had to do with outdoor refreshment areas. It's currently in conference committee. I am unsure if the Senate is on board on this particular language and part of my argument even though i argued against the merits was also if we're going to do it let's do a normal process let's have public hearings in both committee you know both chambers and let's use the normal process but so we'll we'll see in the next couple days what they decide uh before i let you go nikki kelly our guest she has a fabulous new piece out about this plan to ban the sale of cold liquor at uh, anywhere other than liquor stores uh over at indiana capital chronicle last week of session uh as i told you before we went on air i have no doubt that there'll be all sorts of transparency uh there'll be all sorts of uh, bills for the taxpayer at the expense of the special interest uh what can we expect on the uh, final week of the Indiana General Assembly now that they have uh, an extra billion and a half of our money to spend. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. We're going to settle on the budget, the next two-year budget, and they got good news on the revenue forecast. So I imagine that'll make the final negotiations 
at least between the Republicans, a little easier, uh, you know, give and take a little on on some of the things they were disagreeing on. Um, but and then we still have some, ba- you know, some bills that aren't budget related. We have, you know, obscene books, and we have uh, gas taxes and property tax mm-hmm. relief, and so that will all kind of come down to the next few days. Nothing like waiting to the very last minute, uh, inserting something in with no testimony or opportunity for people to speak <laughs> about it. It's the Indiana Republican Party way, Nikki. It's the legislative yeah, way. Yeah, there you go. Hey, thank you as always. I loved your piece. I thought it was really good. Everybody should go read it over at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks a lot. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. minutes after 11 it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and we're going to talk about Pearl Jam in just a moment but first Megan Kelly she's trending this morning as she sounds off about transgender said she used to placate pronouns but not anymore she says this is just a gateway drug and just gender confusion issues I started off being like I understand I have empathy for you I will use your pronouns of choice you know I'm not going to say you're a woman but you're a trans woman and now I am realizing that all of those things are gateway drugs to the co-opting of female sports and the word female and the word woman and breastfeeding and childbearing and menstruation, all the things that are under solidly the list of what is a woman. And I'm really done. I'm done. I, I, there is no such thing as a, a, somebody who's born a biological man who is secretly a woman. Who, who can become a woman. At best, you are a trans woman. And even that I'm wrestling with. I really am. I don't even really understand what that is. You're a trans person. You're really a biological man who's got some gender confusion issues, and my heart goes out to you. But you're not a woman. I think a lot of uh, women are starting to feel the way she does. Well, I mean, you th- let's walk through this out loud, right? I mean, Fred cannot be Tina. Correct. Okay, I mean, Fred can pretend to be Tina. Mm-hmm. And you know my rule that if you are chopping something off then i'll believe you're serious about really wanting to be tina if you're fred doesn't make you tina but i'll believe in your mind you seriously want to be tina there's a lot of people out there who want all the attention that comes with being tina but aren't serious about doing the things necessary to try to pretend to be tina and it really is insulting to women to devalue women so much to say hey despite the fact that fred has all the parts below the waist that make him fred i'm a woman we're gonna say you're tina yeah uh and dylan mulvaney uh big example of that he now has a couple more sponsorships one is maybelline makeup that's a little <laughs> bit i think a little bit closer to the target demographic than bud light was wait wait wait, wait time out, time a out, little bit closer no, no 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 time out time out, time out. you're a woman you yeah. are the target right and, and, and then yeah. how do you feel about it? Well, I don't I don't like the guy anyway. I don't want him promoting anything. But I know that there are a lot of uh, drag and dress up and that sort of thing. I just feel like that's maybe just a smidge closer 
than Bud Light. I'm not on board with it, Rob. Don't get me wrong. I know, but when are, when are women going to punish these places? Like, Bud Light is clearly being punished. Anheuser-Busch is clearly being punished. Mm-hmm. And look at how they're responding to it. When are women going to say, look, Maybelline, if you're going to insult womanhood, you can keep the drag queens and the transvestites as your client base. We're out. Let's see no. who you got more of. Right, exactly. Well, I don't use any of their products to begin with, so that one doesn't All really natural, affect. right? Oh, yes. Yes. You have no idea. But you know what? Like Megyn Kelly said, and this was on the template, so I'm just going to bring it up. The Delaware County Councilman who came under fire for coming out as a woman of color. Yeah. So this is a, a Delaware, Indiana. We're talking right. about a, a Muncie area. He has uh, come out and said, I identify as uh, a, an, an Indian, what is it? Indian woman or whatever it is. Woman and now color. people are, are outraged that uh, because they think it's a joke. And But the point is, if one person we got to take up serious, why don't we have to take everyone serious? But he said that his preferred pronouns are he, him. <laughs> yes, Ryan Webb is the guy's name, by the way. And now people are just up in arms because this guy has said, I identify as a woman of color. He's clearly very white and very much a man. And there are people who are just livid, but it's like, well... Who is the truth teller here? Who is the truth disseminator? Who is the truth decider? If one person, if Fred, who has the parts of Fred, can say he's Tina, why can't this guy say he's a woman of color? Yeah, where does it end? Exactly. You do that for one person, well, we have to do it for everybody. Yeah. Okay, so Lizzo is also trending this morning. She brought some drag queens on stage. This was in a concert in Knoxville, Tennessee. She filled the stage with drag queens. But the state's legislation just passed this law restricting drag performances in public. So there's Lizzo thumbing it right to him on well, stage. Well, what are you theoretically going to do, though? Are you going to bring a bunch of cops up on stage and start arresting the shut, drag shut queens? It down. Will Lizzo be spending a night in the county joint? <laughs> uh, look, I, the, people. She would love that. I mean, that sure. would just be more promotion for her. And people can do whatever they want or should do. And I think this is the conversation that, that, or the emphasis on the part of the conversation that people miss, which is no one is saying that in Fred's warped, twisted mind, because let's face it, gender dysphoria, which is what it is, is a mental disorder. It is for years and years and years until the very, very most recent of times where it's politically expedient to uh, mislabel it is was called a mental disorder it's a disorder gender uh, mis- uh, disorder there's a reason it's in there it's a disorder of the mind it is not natural for a man to think he's a woman or a man to want to be a woman or a woman to want to be a man that's not natural it's not normal and we should stop treating it like it is now does that mean we don't respect those people of course we respect them they have all the rights and liberties and freedoms Guaranteed to them under the Constitution like any other person. They have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Fred and Fred's warped mind can pretend to be Tina or think he's Tina or want to be Tina. But I don't have to placate it. Right. You're not suspending reality because this guy wants you to. Absolutely. That's his world. Absolutely. Fred can, with all of Fred's friends and Fred's buddies, if they want to enable this bizarre behavior then I guess it's on them, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. Two last quick hits. One, Len Goodman, who is the long-serving judge on Dancing with the Stars, he has passed away. He was 78 years old. And finally, Bed Bath & Beyond is going bye-bye. They're filing for bankruptcy, and they're going to wind down operations of those stores. Are you a Bed Bath & Beyond 
uh, customer? <laughs> I used to be. Yeah. I haven't been. I mean, but that's uh, like all brick and mortars, you know? They're all just going bye-bye because of Amazon. Well, isn't that, that's the broader conversation because the economy is so wacky right now. You don't know, is it in this case that the business made poor decisions or is it the fact that the economy is in such bad shape and we have seen such a rapid change away from brick and mortar mm-hmm. that even the bohemoths are finding it very hard to compete? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. But when you think of Bed Bath & Beyond, those were typically pretty large. I mean, that's a right. lot of square footage and a lot of rent to be paying. Well, and, and we have seen it in our industry in which mega corporations. Uh, have made terrible decisions on how they run their radio conglomerates. I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but you all know who they are. If you just do a little Google search, who have been on the verge of bankruptcy or have had to have, you know, last second, they've had to restructure deals in which they seed all sorts of either properties or running of the companies. But those, even those companies are able to get infusions of cash from lenders because they say, look, if you do A, B, C, and D, we're now in charge. We're the captain of the ship now. You will do as we want. Uh, you will do as we say, and we will give you the money so that you stay in business. They couldn't even get that. Bed Bath & Beyond's business structure or books were so screwed up, they went to many, many people to try to stay afloat, and they said, nope, not doing it. Okay, so I was driving by the Richmond Mall this weekend, and the dude commented, oh, it looks kind of like what I would think the Richmond Mall would look like. <laughs> and I said something along the lines, so I'm really surprised that all of these malls aren't turning into more business real estate or they're not making it living space for people, condos, yeah. something like that. And and then he had mentioned, why aren't stores like Menards going in there and being the anchor store? And well, and then we dr- drove by a Menards and Menards is standalone. It's kind of like McDonald's. And I thought, well, I'm sure part of the asset for Menards is that they own the property yeah. and they're not going to go into like a Simon mall yeah. where they're going to have to pay rent. Well, and we've talked about this, like, uh, Let's take Lafayette Square Mall, for example. There is no way, given the makeup of that area from a violence and security perspective, that any reputable business is going to put their employees at risk or their merchandise at risk, setting up shop in what was once upon a time Lafayette Square Mall, which to my understanding is now largely empty. It's the same issue you're having with Circle Center Mall, which is because of the people who run this city, Joe Hogshead and Ryan Mears, allowing crime and violence to be so far out of control and then allowing, in the case of Lafayette Square, certain areas of the city to completely be ravaged and destroyed and run down, what reputable business... Who wants to go there? ...is going to go there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Pearl Jam is coming to town. They're going to be here at Ruoff on September 10th. Tickets available now. You going to (laughs) go? No, I don't. uh, What day is it they're going to be here? September 10th. That's further enough away from July 4th that it might be possible. But I don't do very many live shows anymore, Casey. There's only a handful of people uh, I would go see. Pearl Jam is not one of them. I understand they have a colossal uh, following, and clearly many, many, uh, now I guess we would say generations, plural of people, have come to love Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. Uh, You, however, strike me as the sort of person who would totally be at the Pearl Jam concert. Yeah, that would be one that I would go to. I've never seen them live played many of their records over the years so Kev I'll, I'll go to it yeah, yeah you want to go you guys yeah, gonna go together there, so I'd put this on the template because there's only a handful of groups left who you would say oh my gosh 
this mega whoever Mm -hmm. is going to be here and you can't miss. And I was trying to think of like who would be those artists that you would still say this person coming to your city is worthy of people talking about it on the radio. You know, there used to be tons and tons of bands that if they were coming, you were spending segments on it. You were trying to book members of the band. You were, you know, the city was excited about so-and-so is going to be here. What are there? Maybe 10 groups I mean like uh, like all, if Taylor Swift came that would be well, a huge deal Well that was the one on my list I think if the Rolling Stones came that's still a big deal um, Muse Who yeah. Muse uh, Who the hell is Muse Casey Kevin knows who they are I think Adele would probably draw a lot of people Yeah like an international mm-hmm. sort of flair yeah there, I, Ed Sheeran would be fun Coldplay you think so? You're just I doing this to agitate me. You are just doing this to make me mad. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to have a serious conversation What about Katy Perry? Here. You didn't even show your ass up to work on Friday, and you come in here on a Monday, and you're trying to derail the segment. No, I think Katy Perry's a big ar- mm-hmm. artist, but it's not like like when U2 was here several years ago, and I went. I didn't go because I'm a huge U2 fan. I went because I said, this is a mega group who, a la, like, you know, Elvis or Michael Jackson or whoever, you want to be able to tell people... I saw them, mm-hmm. even if you're not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. There's just not many groups out there. The same reason I went to the Rolling Stones concert yeah. several years ago at the track. Yeah. You can say, I, I've s- seen I saw Stone. the Rolling Stones. There's yeah. just not many of those people left out there. I'd like to put the Chili Peppers on that list for me. I've yeah, never seen the Red one. Hot Chili Peppers, but I think that would be a fun show. Oh, he's going to get mad. Okay, Mike <laughs> Pence. Mike Pence is in the news the again. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are not you too, Casey. No, they're not you too, but I've, I've seen you too. My... My Bruce Springsteen is you too. But you notice I like didn't I've put I them. didn't put him in that list because I'm not a biased homer when it comes to my radio show. He's a big <laughs> artist. In 1984, yes, he was next to Michael Jackson, the most popular artist in the world. But it's not he's not selling out Lucas Oil Stadium like a Taylor Swift or a U2 could. This is why I can't do serious topics with you people. You both just hijacked the segment. He's calling Pearl Jam a serious topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is coming up? Are we doing something? Mike Pence is yes, lying to people talk, again. What's yeah, going on? We're talk about Mike Pence coming up from Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 1135, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. So Mike Pence, he was doing the rounds on the Sunday morning talk shows, and he said that he will make a decision on whether he's going to launch a 24 presidential bid sometime. It's like, do it or get off the pot. Well, you you know. What are you waiting for? So here is who Mike Pence is. I was thinking about this over the weekend. In our industry, like in in terms of Indianapolis media, we're about as high as you're going to go. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm just saying in terms of Indianapolis media, especially radio, WIBC is as high as you're going to go. And there will come a day inevitably where one or both of us is told our services are no longer required here for whatever reason. Clearly not the ratings. New book out. <laughs> Couldn't be any better. But thank for you. Whatever reason, way. to thank you to all of our audience. It would be the equivalent of once you are told you have ascended to a level where there's nowhere really for you to go, of going back down to the most common denominator. It would be like doing a low powered AM pirate radio station somewhere. That is what Mike Pence is doing. Mike Pence has ascended to as, as high as he's going to go. He somehow lucked into being the vice president. He had no business being there based on his terrible track record as governor. He almost lost his governor's race and would have got pounded in re-election if Trump hadn't picked him. But instead of just going, wow, 
What a charmed, very fortunate existence. Thank you, big man upstairs. Mm -hmm. He is like the guy who has been fired from the top of the chart and is now starting up some pirate AM radio station that is doomed for failure because he just can't not see himself in front of the public and in public office. He has no chance whatsoever to be president. Absolutely none. No, The Republican Party is so sour on Mike Pence. The Republican Party is on Mike Pence today where the people of Indiana were on Mike Pence in 2016 when it was about to get his ass kicked by John Gregg had he not been saved by Donald Trump. Yeah, weren't his numbers, his approval rate was underwater when was Trump horrible. picked him? Trump needed a conservative from the Midwest. And here's, fill this slot. We use the term playing whatever. And in the, in the term of this, he's playing politician. He is, a, he is a guy with absolutely no chance, but because he has a title, which brings with it some sort of gravitas, he is pretending to himself and everyone around him that he is a player in the presidential primary. And maybe the best thing for all of us is for Mike Pence to actually enter this endeavor and be out by the time Iowa rolls around. And then we don't have to hear from him anymore. Well, he's in Iowa. He's going there <laughs> now. He's, he he's making, you know, making his face known. So he's at like 7%, 6, 7, 5. It doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Very, very low. But he told CBS that he's going to let everybody know if he's running for president or not before late June. Will you make a hard decision by late June? Oh, I, I, th I think anyone that would be serious about seeking the Republican nomination uh, would need to be in this contest uh, by June. And, so you uh, will make a decision by late June? I, I think if, if we have an announcement to make, uh, whether it'll be well before late June. Well before. At this point, everyone here is wondering, as I'm talking to voters here in Iowa, they say, okay, former Vice President Pence hasn't decided yet, but are you leaning in or are you leaning away from running? Well, I'm here in Iowa, Robert. <laughs> they, they ask him as though it matters. Like, it's like you're asking Ron DeSantis, are you running or not running? He doesn't matter. He, this, this, and, and it's like the fact that he won't give it up, and I think a big reason he won't give it up is he knows once he gives it up, What's he going to do? It's all over. Right. What's he going to do? Mm -hmm. Maybe he could consult other people who were one. I, I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who was booed at his home state at the NRA convention. Yes. Yes. If the people of Indiana If know that doesn't Mike sum it up for you, nothing will. Uh, he did also get asked. He's going to testify in front of the January 6th grand jury. And I love here, Casey, how, um, you know, Mike Pence always does this higher than everything approach. But yet, as he's talking about this very serious topic, he's also hawking his book in the middle of it. <laughs> you have agreed to appear before the special counsel's ongoing grand jury investigating January 6th with some constraints on your testimony. Have you set a date with the special counsel about your appearance? Well, our, our attorneys have worked that out with the Justice Department. And, but I will say, I, I, I'm grateful that the court recognized 
that there are specific constitutional protections unique to the vice president when you're serving in your role as president of the Senate. I thought it was important to make that challenge. For the first time in history, a federal court acknowledged that that provision of the Constitution applies to the vice president, and they've they've limited what they'll be requesting of me. But we'll, uh, Help us beyond that, I can that tell you, bit. Robert, we'll, we'll obey the law, uh, we'll tell the truth, and uh, the story that I've been telling the American people all across the country, the story that I wrote in the pages of my memoir, that'll, uh, that'll be what I tell in that setting as well. Two things. He keeps referring to himself as we. We'll tell the truth. Yeah. Okay, you're one dude. Uh-huh. It should be I'll tell the truth. I mean, I know he's got people around him. Well, what? that's that's why he says that, because with Mike Pence, it is always a camp full of people. Right. The, but- the, the camp full of the grifter hanger-on people whose last meal ticket is about to fly out the window. But I, it just makes me want to say, who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? The other one is he said, this is the story we're telling the American people. It sounds like a line. Here's the question that Mike and Mike Pence is going to have. the malarkey we're telling people. He's going to have to answer this question when he runs for president, which is why I'm very excited for him to run for president. He's going to have to stand on stage with Donald Trump and say, do you believe Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes? And if that answer is yes, I cannot wait for what the response is from Donald Trump and some others on that stage. And then we'll be done here. But at least he will have answered the question honestly and will say, okay, you're insane, but you believe Biden got 81 million legal votes, fine. If the answer is no, then why did you certify the election and why just days before the certification were you at a a campaign rally in Georgia talking about all the serious concerns you had about the election results and you were going to investigate and get to the bottom of what could be done about it if indeed the answer was this is this is purely ceremonial and it doesn't matter and i'm just a rubber stamp and i'd love to help you guys out but there's nothing i can do why didn't you say that in georgia mike pence has never answered those questions and i can assure you casey if he runs for president he will be forced to answer those questions. And there is no good answer in terms of a Republican primary for whatever answer he's going to give. Yeah. Speaking of him running or not running, he'll let us know by June. DeSantis hasn't let us know either. Trump has. And now Trump maintains a double-digit lead over DeSantis. Okay, this was a, a new poll. NBC. You mean, you, you, mean, you mean Trump, who is running for president, is beating a guy who is not running for president? Yes. And that's our news headline of the that's day? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. He's got a double-digit lead over him. 46% to 31%. That's pretty low, though, isn't it? I mean, when you think about the amount of oxygen that Donald Trump takes up in a room on a daily basis against a guy who, let's face it, governors are generally not known by the nation until they put themselves in front of the nation. He's only beating the guy by 15 points when the guy has not even declared he's running for president yet. These Trump people keep having this just euphoric finger pull. They're like the guy on The Simpsons laughing, going, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. And it's like the other guy isn't even running yet. The election is nine, ten months away from when the voting starts. The other guy isn't even running yet. And you guys think you've... You've uh, won? It's very weird. All right. They're calling it a win. When we come back, one of the big uh, elections going on this spring in central Indiana. It is the mayor of Westfield. Big drama out there. Uh, Kirsten Berkman, who is one of the candidates, will be with us when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My feet are hurting. All I want is 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Now I carry my operator's license and spend my days just running this train. Park to attract those types of businesses to help our commercial tax base. 
I have a plan that I would go after businesses connected to youth sports. Let's talk about Louisville Slugger in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we get them to maybe come and have part of their business in Westfield? We have a lot of wood bat tournaments at Grand Park. Let's pull these resources and aspects of our city together to help our commercial tax base. I know when I was in South Bend, we would make plenty of trips down to Grand Park for soccer tournaments, but we always stayed in Carmel. So are you zoned? Are you ready for these businesses to come in? Or is that just one more step you have to take to get there? There is zoning available around Grand Park right now. But unfortunately, our the path that Westfield's been on is to be reactive. And we need to be proactive. We need to be pursuing those hotels and those companies who can come in and build on that land. We don't want the money going to Carmel or Fishers or Indianapolis. And that's what's happening right now. Kristen Berkman, our guest, running for the mayor of Westfield. Early voting has begun. You know, it's interesting, and Casey and I talked about this uh, last week when we had Fred Glenn running for mayor of Carmel on our show, that it used to be kind of like, oh, it's Westfield, or oh, it's Carmel, or oh, it's filling your favorite suburban community. That doesn't really affect me. Why would I listen? Well, with the decline of Indianapolis, these suburban communities are picking up the slack in terms of economic development, in, in terms of certainly uh, people getting out of there because they don't want to be governed by insanity with public, as it relates to public safety. So really, these interviews we're doing with people like yourself who are running to run these now you know major uh, suburban entities, cities, whatever you want to call them, uh, they really are a big deal because you guys are the future. Well, I appreciate that. And you're right. You know, the population growth in Westfield, 65% growth in the last 10 years, there's enough residential approved to take our population to 80,000. So we're on a track of growth residentially, and we need to make sure the commercial's matching that. And quite frankly, the next mayor needs to have the credentials to go out and get businesses and bring those to Westfield. I have a marketing background, I have a branding marketing a branding background and it's resonating with the residents that we can't just sit back and hope that businesses come to us we've got to pursue them and someone with a marketing background like i have i'm the only candidate that has it understands what it's going to take to do that couple minutes left with Kristen Berkman running for mayor of Westfield. What's the final week of the campaign look like for you? Are you going to be still being super nice to everybody, or are you going to throw some punches? What's the final week look like? No, I want to stay really positive and talk about my campaign. And one thing that I, I'm going to work the polls. I'm going to be door to door. I'm answering a lot of correspondence. But I want the people to understand that I haven't taken any donations from the development community or the PACs. And the reason I I haven't done that is I will not need to give a second look to any proposal coming into the city of Westfield. It's really important to understand that I will not have bias. I will go for the businesses best for Westfield, best for the taxpayer. Kristen, now you're the first woman to ever run for mayor in Westfield. Does that play into your campaign at all? I I think it should, honestly, because I am the one person, I've spent three years on the plan commission, and I haven't been involved in the status quo of our city. And quite frankly, my leadership style is collaborative, and the World Economic Forum just did a study talking about women and how they can build community. 
that's what Westfield needs right now. I'm ready to do that. So I think having a woman in this lead role is extremely important at this crossroads for the city. All right, you got a website, you got a uh, Facebook page. If people want to learn more about you, how do they do that? Uh, com. All right, Kristen, thank you. Good luck. Thanks so much. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.